Hello world and welcome to the Cartridge Club, the most exclusive free-to-join video game club in all the internet. I'm your host, Curtis Freisel, back again after a nearly two-year hiatus to talk all things Spyro the Dragon this month on the Cartridge Club. But first, I brought with me a distinguished panel of guests along to join in on all the fun. So let's meet them. Wow, I write that so it was so wordy uh anyway we have some wonderful people here to talk about spyro <sighs> with me let's meet them that sounded better up first we have captain algebra he is steering the ship of mathematics how you doing captain algebra thanks for being here i am doing great super excited to be here because i love spyro the dragon <laughs> up next we got snes is life snes is life how are you very good, very good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. And of course, we got a Cartridge Club OG uh, member, and that is in the form of Mrs. Q-Dog. How are you doing, Melissa? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It has been a while. We have shared many yeah. a laugh together in the past, and I am so happy that you're here to talk Spyro with me. Well, you asked me to be on, and I said, of course. <laughs> I, it, it was very easy. Yes. Yeah, it was very, very easy. If anybody wants Mrs. Q-Dog to be on the podcast, you really don't have to. She could be on every cartridge club. I guarantee it from here on out. Every episode. It's hey, come on. Not, okay. And then you're going to have to play all these games. No. You're scheduled to fill up like that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, if you didn't know, this is kind of special. Almost, I guess. But this is episode 99 of the cartridge club the 99th month that we've been doing this which means that next month is going to be the 100th month which is a bit of a milestone but let's not you know just disregard how, the importance of this episode i mean this is this is 99 this is the last of the double digits that means something i think deal. right mm -hmm. yeah it should yeah exactly. um but with this 100th month celebration I, I don't know who put it together. Melissa, do you know who put it together? Was it Dean? Uh, yeah, the video. Yeah. So there's this yes, video out there. Dean. Oh, my goodness. If you guys haven't seen it out there in Cartridge Club world, you got to go check this out. It's I'm assuming most of you have because almost everyone's in it, which is funny. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's just a compilation of a bunch of Cartridge Clubbers sharing their love and thanks and gratitude to the club, celebrating this 100th month that's coming up. There's surprises galore in it people i haven't seen in years kind of showing up and sharing stories and laughing and you know we, we get a, a cameo from the cartridge bros themselves at the end uh which was really nice to see them uh, sean and mark and it was just a great time have you guys seen the video yep yeah yeah did you participate in the video i apologize if, if <laughs> i <laughs> was anybody in it i know melissa you were in it because you were like right before us Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was in there somewhere, too. Yep, I was in there. Oh, We're so all bad. there. Yeah, I just speak that... to the breadth of how many people are, are in this group. Mm -hmm. Right? It's crazy. I mean, I you know, I, I admit I'm a bit of a lapsed uh, cartridge clubber. It's, it's been a second. I kind of took a bit of a hiatus after CC Portable uh, wrapped up. Um, but, man, it, it is so amazing to see how this club has been thriving throughout the years and how it's transformed and grown and... And just what it is now, it's it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. It's really something. Yeah, it's great. 
So if you haven't seen that video, please go to YouTube, check it out. And thanks to uh, Dean Lasagna, special thanks to him for for wrangling that and putting that all together. Because what a mammoth feat that must have been. All right. With all that out of the way, let's talk some Spyro the Dragon. Now we are talking about the very first Spyro the Dragon. It came out on the original PlayStation. It has been since re-released um, on the Reignited trilogy that came out for all these new fangled systems for everything um, for everything pretty much yeah it's out there which is good because it's reintroducing spyro which has kind of been dormant for a while um but before we kind of dig into the game i just want to uh gauge everyone where they stand on spyro did you play it growing up did you play it for the first time what's your kind of personal history uh of spyro snes's life why don't we start with you i don't i don't have one um None. it's interesting well i mean the playstation came out in what 94 95 ish uh yeah something something like that yeah so my older brother had one and he was six years older than me i was 14 so like right around the time we got it we had it for maybe a year and then he moved out and it took it with him uh and i was left with the six n64 <laughs> and i never played it as a kid which made this really interesting to get a, a completely fresh view on it because i played the original i did not play the reignited Okay, you played OG PlayStation. Yeah. Um, and what what compelled you to to play along this month? It just I've been on the backlog, you know. I got a PS Vita and got a bunch of stuff off the PSN store. One of those was the Spyro trilogy, just because I wanted to go back and play all these 3D platformer games that are, you know, well loved and lauded by everybody, like Spyro, Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank. I never played any of that stuff growing up. Uh, so I just I wanted to go back, and then you guys were like, "Hey, we're playing Spyro." I was like, "Well, that's serendipitous." <laughs> yeah, that's great because I'm 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 kind of in the same boat as you. I, I never uh, grew up playing it, so this was the a first time experience for me as well. What about you, Captain Algebra? Where, where, what does Spyro mean to you? Uh, Spyro's pretty spe pretty special to me. Uh, the PlayStation is actually the first console that was mine. I have an older brother who's eight years older than me, so the NES and the SNES were his and I was just able to play on them. But at this point he was in high school. He wasn't really gaming much anymore. So I got the PlayStation and uh, I didn't hear about Spyro at first, but uh, a friend of mine that rode the bus, he, uh, he brought on the bus one day. He's like, Hey, you got to check out this game. It's really fun. And so I borrowed it, played it a little bit. I was like, well, this is really good. So then I actually asked for it for like a birthday or Christmas. And uh, my mom got it for me and I was hooked. And, uh, I've loved it ever since. One of my favorite PS1 games. Oh, that's amazing. So you've been there from from the beginning. Mm -hmm. That's good. What about you, Melissa? Is uh, this well, first we, time? Or? This, no, we did have it for the PlayStation, um, and I played it, and I remember getting stuck and not finishing it. And, you know, that was years ago. And then when the Reignited came out, we bought that. And I've been wanting to play that again. I was like, oh, I'll play it on the newer system. And then when the Cartridge Club said we're going to do that for the game of the month, I said, oh, I'll play along. So That's amazing. What's more amazing to me is that you got stuck anywhere in this game. When we dig into the meat and potatoes of this, I want to know what was the spot that you couldn't get past. I don't, then that's the problem. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of. Sorry, but I don't remember where I got oh, the thing. How can you do I that? Just, how can you tease me with that? I know. I just remember thinking, I don't know where to go from here. And then I was like, all right, I'm done. 
like. And so I never Let's went be back. It, it was probably I, a treetops level. It might have been. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be. Because I, cause I looked it up how to do it this time. I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So, of course, I looked it up this time. All right. All right. We're jumping ahead. We're jumping ahead. That's, that's, some, that's some good, uh, you know, podcast fodder right there. We got we to gotta save that. Uh, okay, so you you had it before. You gave up on it. It was just too tough for you. The hardest game you've ever played. You came back to it. You conquered it this month. It's it's a, a story of redemption for Mrs. Q Dog. I love it. Uh, well, my personal history with Spyro was when I when I got a PlayStation. I think it was it was either the Christmas of '97 or '98. Eight. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure, but that was. I remember getting it for Christmas, and the first game I had, believe it or not, was NASCAR '98. <laughs> that, I think that was more of a, a game for my mom's boyfriend at the time, <laughs> rather <laughs> rather than us, because I didn't care about NASCAR. I mean, I I would I was around it, you know, but like I, I tell you, for the first game for PlayStation, would not have chosen NASCAR '98. But what also came with that PlayStation was a little demo disc. Right. And this demo disc was so important to my love of PlayStation because it had all these games on there that for the longest time, I only ever knew them through the demo. Uh, Parappa the Rapper, Intelligent Cube um, and Spyro the Dragon. Right. And in my adult life, I have now been kind of I'd always wanted those games and never got them as a kid. And now in my adult life, I'm buying these games and kind of gifting them to my 10-year-old self, 8-year-old self, whatever, however old I was. Here you go. You finally get to play the whole thing. And one of those games was Spyro. And so I purposefully sought out the PlayStation version for this month so I could finally play more than just the first level or whatever was in the demo, right? Uh, so, yes, I played it on the PlayStation. And I'm sorry. So, uh, SNES is Life, you played PlayStation. Captain Algebra, did you say, did you play the the... I played Original? both. I played you, both. That's amazing. That's even better. I love it. <laughs> Overachiever. <laughs> and then Mrs. I told you I love the game. You played the reignited. I played the reignited. Yeah. Okay, this is great. So then mm-hmm. we got a we we got all perspectives covered. This is very cool. Uh, so we're talking about Spyro, right? Maybe you're not familiar with this little purple dragon. Well, let me get you familiar really quick. I got a little spiel that I did not copy and paste from Wikipedia. <clears throat> I did copy and paste from Wikipedia, but I'm going to read it anyway. And it goes a little like this. Spyro the Dragon is a platform game developed by Insomniac Games and published by Sony Computer Entertainment for the PlayStation. came out September 9th, 1998. It's the first game in the Spyro series, and it stars the title character, a young purple dragon named Spyro and his dragonfly friend Sparks, who must journey across the Dragon Kingdom to defeat Nasty. Is it Ganasty Gnork or Nasty? Ganasty. It's Ganasty. Ganasty. They, they do. Yeah, they, they the make a point of pronouncing that G, man. I love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, Ganasty Gnork, who has overtaken the five dragon homeworlds by trapping the other dragons in crystal and turning their horde of gems into an army of minions. Spyro the Dragon is an open ended 3D platformer featuring large, sprawling levels in which the player must locate collectible items, among which are gemstones, crystallized dragons, and stolen dragon eggs. Spyro's abilities as a dragon include fire breath, a head-on charging attack, and a mid-air glide, which he can use to scale large distances, all of which must be used strategically to find items and defeat enemies. And in a nutshell, that is Spyro the dragon. So with all that out of the way, 
why don't we get down to the meat and potatoes and talk about what we thought about Spyro the Dragon. Let's start with Captain Algebra. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys know I love this game. Um, and I think any chance I get to get to play it again, I'm always up for it. Uh, but one of the reasons I played both the original and the reignited, because I, I had played the reignited when it first came out, but I couldn't remember all the differences and stuff. So I wanted to see if I still remembered them correctly or not. And, uh, I, I definitely, I don't know, maybe it's nostalgia, but I think I still prefer the original game. Um, there's just parts of the reignited trilogy that I feel like they made harder. Um, in what way? So first of all, the gliding in, in the original game, when you jump and you start to glide from the highest point, you just glide from that point in the reignited trilogy. You kind of like go down a little bit before you actually start your glide, which makes some of the glides harder to make. Um, I feel like the, um, the flying stages are harder. It's either Spyro either moves faster or like the world seems smaller and you can't quite control him as well as you could in the original PlayStation game. Yeah. Those uh, flying stages were in each world to me the, the hardest. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but a welcome uh change diversion change, right. yeah, to the mm-hmm. regular formula. I love doing the flying stages. Those yeah, they're definitely a lot of fun. And yeah, when you first play them, they they can be tricky for sure. Yeah. You know, speaking of the reignited versus the original. I played the original, but I did look up some footage from Reignited, and it looks like, uh, you know, obviously they add more to the environment, more detail to everything, and it looks like they might have even made some of the gems harder to find. Like you, you whereas in the original, you got a red gem just kind of sitting there in the grass. It might be mm-hmm. kind of like hidden in a bush mm-hmm. where you really got to kind of look for it uh, in the Reignited. Would you say that's accurate? Or Yeah, I mean... It's kind of hard for me to judge because I know the game so well. Yeah. You know, I don't. If I, it's not like I have them memorized where the gems are, but if I'm missing one, it's like okay, these are usually the ones I miss. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, with the increased graphics, like there's more grass and there's bushes and stuff, so they're they're definitely harder to see. Um, but in the reignited trilogy, there is a way. I don't remember the button combination. Maybe it's L three and L R three. If you hold them, if sparks will actually point in the direction of of the gems that you haven't found yet where that hmm. was not in the original game. It, it, oh. it, yeah, if you push down on L3. L3, well, that's, that's it. neat. Really? Mm-hmm. So if you're going around and you're completely stuck, he'll he'll point so it'll help you get to that 120%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where, like, where oh, there's man. one hidden or something, yeah. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good to know. I mean, I already I already did it, but man, <laughs> <laughs> nice to know when I was playing it. Uh, what about you, uh, Mrs. Q Dog? What you like? Lo- you like Spyro? You don't like it? You got past that hard point, so I did. I got past the treetops, and um, so I like Spyro, but it was very frustrating for me. But yeah. I but I played it all through. I didn't get 120 yet, and I don't know if I will. The those flying sections are really difficult for me really difficult and i'm just and i do feel like spiral moves super fast i'm like you need to slow down i was like where's the slow down button where's the break you know he needs a break button but so i did the the whole you know i did every level 100 percent except for the flying levels 
but everything else really yeah but those flying levels are just giving you I know they're just. Yeah. What do you think it is? Do you think it's because it's what you're? It's too hard to control, or yeah, it's just too hard to control for me. I guess I'm just. I just don't have the skills. I guess. Interesting. You haven't beaten any of the flying levels. Is no, that what I'm to understand? None of them. No, none. Not of them. a single one. Not a single one. Oh my goodness! Yeah. And you don't. You don't think you have the metal to go in and finish the job? I don't. I don't think I do. I want to, but I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I, I mean, will go back because it's, it's already really December. Hard. Are you playing Final Fantasy? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. December's a hard month for us uh, to play I, a game in. I don't know why it would be. It's yeah, like I the don't know. least <laughs> you know obligation month. In, I mean, it's 31 days too. You'd think I'd have enough time. I know. I mean, what if this was February, the shortest <laughs> month? I, you right. Know? Mm-hmm. Come on. All right. Well, that's a that's a to be continued on mm-hmm. on Melissa and, and her journey to 120 percent. But doesn't it doesn't it eat at you? Yes. That you're not because I just played Horizon Zero Dawn with the club and I platinumed it on the PlayStation. I got my first platinum to- trophy. And Spyro's kicking know, your butt. And, and Spyro's kicking my butt, and it, it is kind of killing me because you I know- think. I only have like four trophies left. So you haven't played then that last level that you unlock, right? Because you have to get right, all the where gems. You, where you have to have all the gems in order to get that one opened. Yes. Oh my gosh. And- Let me just say best level ever. Maybe for sure. In so much any fun. Video game. Oh my gosh. It's like yeah. they just saved it all for that. And they're like, you know, we are going to reward you. So you're, I, I mean, know. yeah. Kind of missing out. I, yeah. I know. You got to do it, Melissa. I know, I know, I do, I do. I believe. You. I want you. I want you. We all believe in you. We will clap real hard like Tinkerbell when Peter Pan dies. <laughs> I want you to post on Discord when when you get that 120. percent All right, I will. I will. SNES's life. Were you felled by the flying levels, or were you able to master them? Uh, I, I did 120% the game. All um, right. I, I will say, though, in, in Melissa's defense, I had to go backwards and finish those flying levels. Because especially, I don't know why, but the very first flying level um, in, was it Peacekeepers? I think was this, the, after the very first world you're in, I think Peacekeepers was it. And yeah, just for some reason, I could not figure out the best path to go through it you know whereas like all the other flying levels it seemed kind of like it started you going in the direction that you wanted to go and that very first one i had to like flip a yui immediately is what Mm. i ended up doing and finding a way around that way because i just going straight ahead i could not get it done i mean i probably tried it 20 or 30 times for sure and and that's you actually make a good point because i felt that as the game progressed the path on which you should take to make sure you don't run out of time and have be able to get everything got more and more obtuse as you went on so that i i remember that one uh was it in the last world or maybe it was in the floating castle world it was one where you had to shoot um planes and trains i think it was the first one that had planes that one like yeah the first one had planes trains i think lighthouses yeah I think there was another one too. It, it was one of the like last couple that had, it was just, Oh my gosh. I had, I kept getting to where I would have like 
two or three, let's say, planes left, and then I'd run out of time. Yeah, that's where I was. There, yeah. I'd be missing two or three things, and it just frustrated me so much. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep playing the game. I'll come back to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was interesting. And I loved the flying levels. Uh, like like we said, it was, a, it was a nice change of pace from from the rest of the game. I wish there was more stuff like that. You know, every it was like you'd get the whatever four levels and then a flying level. I wish there was a little bit more uh, variety. You know, in that what it would be, I have no idea. But I think of and we'll talk about this in a bit. But I think of Crash Bandicoot and how it's a similar thing. You're on a path, you collect everything, and how you would have you know the chase levels you'd have the riding levels where you're riding the animal uh there was a little bit more variety in it whereas spyro i felt was a little kind of kind of samey a lot of the time you know yeah Mm -hmm. um so i don't know i don't know it's it's is spyro i guess my question is 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 was spyro too easy and Melissa, we know that it wasn't too easy for you, but flying level aside, because they are doable. Is the rest of the game kind of too easy? I, well, I, you know, I'm not a big platformer, so maybe that's my problem. Like I'm not really good at platformers, so I don't think it was too easy. Now, really? the other, now the other thing is, and this happens a lot of times when if I'm going to be on the podcast, then I, I try to play the game in time and then I feel a little bit of pressure. And so sometimes when I have this like pressure looming over me, I think I have trouble like playing it because I'm like, I got to get this done. Right. And so I felt like I got to get this done. And so then I felt like I would get frustrated because I tried to like rush through it, you know, to make sure I, because I, I wanted to finish the entire game and like, beat nasty ganasty ganork you know and and everything and so i don't think it was too easy for me i also just i also had problems gliding and i don't know you know captain algebra you said that the glide was a little different in this new one and maybe that because i felt like i would jump hit my glide button and i would not there was a a lot of times when i would not make it and i was like i i hit it at the right time like i don't know what i'm doing wrong like so I don't know if the mechanics for me would have been better to play it on the PlayStation one this time around. Yeah. I, I think it'd be to... interesting if you played on the PlayStation yeah, and just compared them back. because that was, mm-hmm. that was so long, you know, that was like 2004. Right. So that was a while ago. So I should it's, try it out. It's so funny too, that both of you have mentioned the, the gliding being difficult. This is like, did you have a problem with the gliding? I don't, feel i ever had an issue with i mean glide. no but we were playing the original yeah um i i oh, didn't see. feel like the gliding was a problem at all no I, oh, I, that I, was I, like I, my biggest uh-huh. that was my biggest biggest problem anytime like that that final level with the boss the very final final and you you had to go on the different platforms you uh-huh. know and they they went away and i was like that's it i, I can't finish this game there's no way i'm gonna be able to do it <laughs> Like I thought I would, I thought for sure I would never be able to do it because of the gliding, because of the gliding. Cause I knew Mm -hmm. that was all gliding Mm -hmm. and jumping. Yeah. Yeah, The gliding's way easier in the original gate version. Yeah. Wow. I know that is really weird. What a weird thing to tweak. Mm -hmm. Cause I really like, yeah, I really like the gliding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I did think it was, I don't want to say it was too easy, but it, it, it almost 
it was easy to the point that it became more like comfort food video game to me as I was playing it rather than like an actual challenge. Like I dug, it was, it became, I can just kind of shut off my brain and, and play this and it's chilling out after I get home from work or, or whatever, rather than this is like tax. You know, I just played Metroid dread. I just finished that. And Whoa, man, that, that game, I had to use like every video game skill I'd ever learned to, to beat that game. It was crazy. I was so focused on it. You know, I don't feel I had that with Spyro. Not saying that that's a knock against it. I just felt more like, you know, chill playing Spyro. Am I wrong? SNES? No, no I think, uh, I don't think the game was too easy. I, I try and, you know, one of the reasons I played the original is, is going back and to play these games. I want to get what was originally intended, you know, like the reignited trilogy, they've changed some things. They've added graphics. I want to see what it was when it came out. And I think you have to contextualize like Spyro was brought out in the mid to late nineties. And it was really, I think made for a younger audience. You know, this isn't symphony of the night. Like this is not the teenagers game. This is the 10 year old brothers game is kind of the way I saw it. Um, But on that note, I, I didn't think it was too easy. I thought it was perfect. It was a great game just to sit and devour. And it, like, it wasn't so challenging that you got frustrated. It was, I played it on my breaks and lunches at work as, as how I played through it. And it was perfect for that. You know, the levels weren't so hard that you got stopped halfway through one and had to go back. Like you could finish a, a full level in 15 minutes probably. And I just felt like it was great for what I was playing it for, you know? Yeah. It did have a great pick up and play ness to it. Uh, I, I I love games where you can save all the time. I love that. Mm-hmm. And this had a had it all over the place. You know, you saw a dragon, you're like, all oh, right, I'm gonna be able to save right there. This is great. I kind of map out. Okay, da, 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 da. Um, Captain Algebra, you seem like you had something to say. Yeah, I was. I liked uh, how you mentioned like the comfort food. Um, that's yeah. kind of why I played both versions is because it's, it's a game I love so much. Like you said, you don't really have to think about it. You just kind of mm-hmm. sit and you enjoy yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, and obviously since I've played it, since it came out, I, I find it pretty easy. I think I can beat the game in like three hours. Um, and that's why I played both of them. It's like, okay, six hours to, to play on this game. Yeah. Like I can yeah. do that. No problem. And, uh, so there's not a ton of challenge, but there are those moments that it does up the ante. You know, we talked about the flying levels. You know, we'll talk about treetops a little bit later. Um, and it, the, the, some of, the, you know, that nasty Nork when you have to do those platforming, you know, that's a little bit tougher than some of the other boss fights. So it has its moments, but like SNES said, it is made for the younger crowd. You know, you mentioned the 10, 10-year-old brother. I think I was 10 or 11 when it came out, you know, so it was perfect for me. Um, and I did 120% at the first time I played it. And so I don't think it's that difficult of a game. Yeah. Uh, it, it, speaking of 120%ing it, uh, it got to a point at the game pretty early on, maybe in like the second world where I kind of made it up in my mind. I was like, I, I kind of get how this is working. I'm not going to go through the whole game and then go back and collect everything. I'm going to collect everything starting now. And I won't yeah. move on until I collect everything. And and then I, I'll go back and do those other ones really quick. So I'm all kind of caught up. And then from this point on, it's like every level I got to complete it, you know, 100%. Did you guys 
we're, we're all aiming for 120 percent i think we all did it except for melissa sorry melissa uh <laughs> but how did you approach that that uh collecting yeah i did um, that i did the same way i i don't move on from a level until i 100 percent it yeah. um that's just the way i've always liked playing that game which actually gets frustrating when you play the later spyro games because you can't actually do that Ooh. what Interesting. Yeah, so you have to get different abilities in the other Spyro oh. games and then go back to levels to finish them. You have to backtrack. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. yeah, Brutal. Yeah. They they like <laughs> they they force you to to have that replayability to pad out the the runtime mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. Right. Um that's interesting. Sness, did you how did you approach that? Um I mean, yeah, so when I again being the first time I played it, I had never read a guide, I'd never looked at a review or a playthrough or anything. And so I exited the first area, got into Peacekeepers, decided I wasn't going to finish that flying level. I was like, I'll come back to this later. And then I got to the next area and managed to finish every single one of those levels. And one thing I like about Spyro is on the pause menu, it very clearly shows where your status is on completion. Mm-hmm. And I realized, I was like, wait, there's an extra level there that I didn't find in the last one. So then I went back to Peacekeepers because I had missed a portal, I guess, and found that world. And at that point, I was like, all right, I'm just... I'm getting everything. I'm gonna 100% this damn game. <laughs> is Peacekeepers the the desert one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. There is a very hard to find level in that one. That one had where I was trying. I guess it's not hard to find once you know what to do. But I think it's uh, you have to uh, shoot the cannon or light the cannon, shoot it at a rock so it creates mm-hmm. this like bridge so you can jump over and uh-huh. get to the level, yep. right? Because mm-hmm. you can see. Yeah. There's gems over there. I, I know I can get over there somehow. It's just a matter of how. How do you do it? And yeah. I don't know why I wasn't putting it together, even though I knew you could mess around with the cannons. There's not like, oh, and there there is. I was going to say there's nothing like pointing, hey, this is what you got to do. There is. There's like a target, I think, on one on the rock that you're supposed yep. to hit. Right? Mm-hmm. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't find that until like much later on. And it was frustrating me because that was. I lied a little bit. That was a level I had to come back to because I was like, I'm not going to look that up. I, I'm not. I can figure that out. Like, how do I get a freaking yeah. level? And yeah, and then it was finally. Yeah, that was, that was it. Like once I realized I missed a level and went backwards, I was like, all right, now I'm just going to be stubborn and and it's getting done on the way. Yeah. yeah. And there's another one, too, I think, in the first world where you have to jump on platforms. Yep. Right. Like outside of a waterfall in like mm-hmm. order. Yep. And. Th- that's something that like the dra- one of the dragons tells you like there's mm-hmm. a secret in artisans or what you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, which the dragons? Let's talk about the dragons mm-hmm. for a second, right? Uh, I got a lot to say about the dragons. <laughs> Let's start with this. No female dragons. What's up with that? Melissa, you must have some thoughts on this. Did you think that while you're playing? Like, this whole game is all male. Uh, well, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe some of the names could have been female-ish. I don't know. Like, they, I felt like towards the end they were running out of names, too. Like, what are these names you're coming up with? I was like, impressed with the, with the dragon names, yes, because yeah. there was a lot of them. Yeah. I, I tried looking up. I was like, why is there no female dragons? That doesn't yeah. make any sense. And I found two... Two reasons, they said. Uh, one of them, which I was like, this makes sense, is that uh, they had to reuse a lot of assets and they 
couldn't figure out how to do like a female figure for a dragon. Form. Okay. <laughs> don't I don't can, give the dragon boobs. <laughs> I can buy that. You know, yeah. I guess it makes sense. You, they're they're not really wearing clothes. You can't. You yeah. know how do you, how do you show that? Okay, I'll buy that one. But the other one was said was said uh, there wasn't enough female voice actors. I don't buy that at all. Yeah, what? neither do I. That what? seems like the, uh, <laughs> There's plenty out there. There wasn't enough. How many do you need? First of right. all, you right. need you need what they had like five voice actors in the whole game. You couldn't yeah. get one woman. You know, some of these right. actors did right. a bunch of voices of different mm -hmm. dragons. You couldn't yeah. get one woman for this? Like, I don't buy that yeah. at all. It feels it feels like a weird omission not having any female dragons mm -hmm. captain algebra you've played the later games do they have they have female dragons in those um i mean in the later ones you're not really looking for the the crystallized dragons anymore you look okay. for like dragon eggs and orbs and stuff um when you get to the third game and you find is it the third when yeah do the dragon eggs there are female names for them um, but they're baby, you know, babies, you know, they hatch out of the eggs. And there are some female characters, uh, protagonists, as you go throughout the series, but definitely not a lot. Okay. It, it seems silly. Like, they should have just been able to say, it's a dragon. It doesn't need to have a female form. Just give it a female voice and a female name and problem solved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Agreed. Maybe, Agreed. Maybe have, like, super long eyelashes or something. Uh, sure. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Like, you know, in... Um... This is a stupid reference, but I just was watching it. Land Before Time, right? Mm -hmm. They got female dinosaurs. Like uh, Littlefoot's mom is a di you know dinosaur, not wearing any clothes. We know it's a female. Why? Because it's got a female voice. Mm -hmm. Sarah, the Triceratops, is a female. Why? Because she's got a female voice. She's not wearing any clothes. There's nothing like feminine about her. Maybe some eyelashes, yeah. you know. Right. It's, it's not that hard. The flip side, devil's advocate of this conversation I didn't want to act like I was so woke. Like maybe dragons don't need, you know, there's only one sex. There isn't male or female. Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe they like cough up these eggs, these dragon eggs. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Is, but, there, is there an expert on dragons in the cartridge club somewhere that we can, uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure Dean, Dean seems to be an expert on everything. We'll, we'll talk to him sure. after the show. Getting into that Jurassic park conundrum where they just flop sexes as they need. Yeah. Yes. They flip flop. Life finds a way. Life, there, you, there you go. Uh, finds a way. Uh, but these dragons, they did have voices and I'm tickled pink by some of these, uh, voice actors. Um, so Spyro was voiced by, oh, I'm going to butcher this, I'm sure, Carlos <laughs> Alas Rocky, mm -hmm. which <laughs> uh, he's done a bunch of stuff. But I know him most famously, I think, for Reno 911, right? Yes, we, we know him. We noticed that, too, uh, from Reno 911, yes. Uh, fun fact, though, he only voiced Spyro in this very first game, which I don't know who does the voices in the Reignited trilogy. I, I, this is just the OG PlayStation um, but he only did Spyro the first time. You know who did Spyro in the subsequent games? Anybody? The guy who did SpongeBob. Correctamundo, Tom Kenny. What a weird, weird, strange. Who knew? Who knew? Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, but we also have, uh, let's see, Jamie Alcroft, Michael Goh, and then my personal favorite, Clancy Brown. I don't know about you guys, but I am like such a Clancy Brown mark. I love this guy. He's if, if you don't know who he is, he played the guard 
in uh, Shawshank Redemption, like the the lead guard, you mm-hmm. know, the mean guy. Um, he's Mr. Krabby and SpongeBob talking about SpongeBob SquarePants. You know, he's in Pet Cemetery too. He's a big time character actor. Uh, I would let me. I'm gonna name drop a little bit, but I was in a series. Uh, it was like a web series thing. I think it was called Aim High, and he played the villain in it. Let me just pick that name up that I dropped. But uh, <laughs> I, so I'm. I'm. I never met him, but I was so happy when I saw his name on the call sheet. I was like, oh my gosh, me and Clancy Brown are in the same project. This is <laughs> this is insane. Uh, but I never got to meet him, so that was a little disappointing. But I, yes, I'm a big uh, Clancy Brown mark. You guys, uh, I wanted to talk about this. Does this mean anything to any of you? Yeah, I mean, he, he was obviously one of the more well-known people to me. Um, I know him from uh, Lost. Uh, he was in a few episodes of that. I don't know if anybody yeah. he was. Uh, he was in the Hatch um, on the island, and De- he's the one who um, tries to run away when Desmond shows up because he's trying to escape and make Desmond be the only one in the hatch. Yeah, I completely forgot he was on Lost. You're right. I mean, nope. that guy, he's in everything, you know. <laughs> um, and, and SNES's life, you strike me as a big Michael Go fan, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I, him off some I'm, of the stuff he's done. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did not pay any attention to the voice actors in this game. Like I heard, I heard their voices, but I didn't recognize anything, and that's just something I personally don't look into. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned Clancy Brown. Like, I know exactly who he is from Shawshank. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I would not have been able to pull any of these people's voices and be like, oh, I recognize that. That's, <laughs> that's funny. I mean, I know, I like, I'm so attuned to his voice. I it, it became a fun game for me while I was playing Spyro. Like, which dragons did Clancy Brown voice you know i could mm-hmm. tell the voice i was like oh he did this one because he'd change it he'd be like spyro this is this and spyro this is you know whatever 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 the different voices were uh it was it was really funny i don't know it became a little bit of a, a game for me um where to next sorry i'm just i was totally fanboying about clancy brown i can't believe this is like turned into the clancy brown fanboy podcast <laughs> It's understandable. You know, he's a good actor. Oh, I remember where I was going with this. Speaking of Clancy Brown. <laughs> not off of that train yet. <laughs> no, we're not, this, no, this train is not. He keeps not, dropping it. Keeps rolling. <laughs> Clancy Brown is the voice of Dr. Neo Cortex in Ooh. Crash Bandicoot. Oh, okay. Which, so there's all these connections to... Crash Bandicoot, Spyro and Crash have this weird, like, storied history over the years. You know, um, they both were kind of early mascots for PlayStation, although they were developed by different teams. Insomniac did Spyro and Naughty Dog did Crash originally. Obviously, they share the Clancy Brown connection. They had the, those the games on the um, Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. They had Crash Purple and Spyro Orange. Um, where they like kind of like were in each other's worlds uh, doing the games. And then, uh, you know, just recently with the Reignited Trilogies, uh, Spyro got a Reignited Trilogy, Crash got the Insane Trilogy kind of at the same time. So they this, they share this weird, they're, they're, they're just like tied together through all of time. Um, so I couldn't help but uh, calm down. My dog's freaking out on the ground. I couldn't help but... Uh, keep comparing them 
uh, as well, because the first game when I had my original PlayStation that I got, that I got to pick out was Crash Bandicoot 2. And so I am a total Crash Bandicoot fanboy. So we're talking about, is this game too easy or not? Like Crash Bandicoot, that'll put some hair on your nuts. You know, that game is <laughs> hard. That ga- if you want to, if you want a hundred and, six percent or whatever the weird percentages in that game you got to be good i didn't feel that way with spyro you guys uh you guys play crash bandicoot mrs q dog do you play you've played crash bandicoot i have i'm trying to remember which one we played for the um cartridge club i actually played along i played Uh, well i think the first cartridge club i was ever on was crash bandicoot 2 i think mm -hmm. it was one of one of the early ones yeah, so I did play along with that. I did play that game. I did. I do like the Crash games. And w- where do you stand on Crash? Like, did you? Just, li- did, did, did you I, were you able to beat those? Do you hundred and six percent those? I'm not sure. I don't think I did. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just was like, "This is good enough." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I beat the game. I don't need to get all the crystals and see the the six second secret ending. Yeah, know, the yeah. one line is different. Is it really worth it? <laughs> Captain Algebra, did you did you play the Crash games? Yeah, I uh, love the Crash games. I actually the first Crash Bandicoot game was the first game I got for my PlayStation. I think I got my PlayStation for the birth my birthday, and it was that that game, and then like NHL Face Off '97 or something, and so. Uh, and I didn't have a memory card because, you know, I'm so used to cartridge-based games. Right. And my, my mom didn't know, so she didn't buy me a memory card. So, you know, I'm playing the game, and I'm trying to save, and I can't. But luckily, you can get passwords in that game. Uh, so, but I did, I think, uh, I just kept starting over and over and over until I did get a memory card. And so, I, like, I had the first half of the game, like, memorized uh, when I first oh my got my memory card. Yeah, And that first I, crash is hard. It is. Right. I... Uh, but yeah, I love them. I had the first two growing up. I actually didn't get warped until a couple of years ago. Um, so I love the first two. Uh, the rest of the series, I've only played warped, and the rest of them I haven't really played at all. So, but the first two, love them. Yeah. Now let me ask you this: I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Crash or Spyro? Oh, that's tough. You got to erase I... one from history. Which one do you erase? Oh man, it's just rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the big Spyro mark. I want to see. I'd probably erase Crash. Oh wow! I wow. think, I think it from like a single game standpoint, I probably like Crash Bandicoot one the most out of like the Spyro games and Crash two and Crash one. But as a series. I feel like the Spyro trilogy on the PS1 is better than the Crash trilogy. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm not a huge fan of Warped. So. Okay, fair enough. I, I'm the same way where I um, I do like Warped, but I didn't have that growing up. I had the first two, and I didn't get Warped until... I, I, I remember renting Warped a lot, but mm-hmm. I never owned it until I was an adult. Yeah. Sness's Life, you want to weigh in on this... Uh, the big debate. Oh, what? What? What's this? Oh, Do you like no. hate Crash? Where's he going? Am, He's got his hands over I'm, his eyes. I'm shamed. Uh, so we had Crash was one of the first games my brother had for the PlayStation. I remember playing it. And like I said, when he moved out, the PlayStation went with him. And I never played Crash Bandicoot again until literally 
last weekend uh, I got the insane trilogy and I played it on stream for like half an hour at the end of my normal stream. So I have never beat any of the crash games. Uh, I do have a copy of the original for my PlayStation now <laughs> that I still, I mean, I turned it on to make sure the damn thing worked. Uh, but yeah, never played through any of them. Never played two, three, never played racing. None of that. Like you call yourself a gamer. Wow. Oh my goodness. You heard it here I, first. Folks. I, look, in my, in my defense, my name is SNES is life. <laughs> Not PSX is life. That's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that one. Well, right. you're, you know what? You're really fortunate because those games rule. And mm -hmm. I think you're going to have a ball when you actually dig into them. You are going to love them. Crash yeah. Bandicoot 2 is one of my personal favorite games of all time. I would put that. I don't know if it's makes my top five, but it's definitely in my top 10 for sure. I will say I love the Crash Bandicoot commercials where he was outside yeah. of Nintendo with the bullhorn like, hey, Mario, yes, come outside. Those. Oh, those are yes. great. He, um, he, was who, he was who I saw as the face of PlayStation in the 90s, you know, agreed, because those agreed. commercials were so just out there and boisterous. Yeah. Sure. Now, um, did you guys know? Oh, sorry. Captain yeah, I just want to say, if you ever do SNES, go back and play the Crash games. I do highly suggest you play the original versions mm. over the Insane Trilogy. Um, everyone talks about Crash being hard. It's made even harder in the oh. Insane Trilogy just because nice. of, like, the weight of Crash. He just doesn't feel the same. Uh, they changed physics. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I would, I would agree that it is definitely harder on the, on the right. reignited trilogy did you guys know that uh there is in the playstation version i don't know if you did this SNES life but there's a hidden demo for crash bandicoot warped did you guys know I about did. this mm -hmm. i did not so on the start screen for spyro if you press l1 and triangle it goes to this uh demo it at first it shows a little video with like kind of pictures from the game and it says like new crash coming out soon and then it drops you into one of the levels where you are riding the the jet ski as coco which i thought was an interesting choice i was like wow they're they're dropping you in a level as coco which i guess was a new thing you had i don't think you'd play this coco until the third one yeah no you didn't play as her in the second game uh so that was that was kind of cool but fun little Easter egg, you know, on Spyro, uh, again, connecting them to the, the Crash uh, franchise. And I think Crash Bandicoot Warped had a a similar thing for Spyro, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it wasn't as easy. It was like a more difficult code to enter. It wasn't just like the two buttons. But yeah, there was a way to get to Spyro and uh, Crash Bandicoot Warped. I love stuff like that. Though. Mm -hmm. I just that's such little Easter eggs like that. Really cool. Um, some other little tidbits of uh, uh, trivia for Spyro. He was originally supposed to be green, which is interesting because I am like he's so, I purple. you know tied to the color yeah. purple. Right. It's funny to imagine him ever being green. I guess they changed it because they thought he'd blend in too much with the grass. Um, and then a really interesting piece of trivia: the music was done by Stuart Copeland, who, if you don't know, was formerly the drummer for the police talk Ooh, about wow. a random like who who would have guessed he did video game music did the music stand out to anyone snass did the music stand out to you at all i i really like the music in the game now i don't know if it's changed in the insane trilogy whether it's a redone set of those tracks or if it's all entirely different but the original playstation version the music was good yeah, like it, it, it did loop eventually, but it wasn't obnoxious. I mean, they were long and each level was different and independent. So I enjoyed it. 
Yeah, and I it, it go ahead. It feels like the music fits all the levels well too. You know, whatever theme you are, whether you're in peacemakers and it's the the desert and it's kind of got like more of a a war like drum beat to it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and you mentioned the reignited trilogy. You would think since I played both, I would have an answer, <laughs> but I I like I said, I've played it so much that like the the music just kind of I zone it out and I just I'm just playing the game. I think they're supposed to be the same it's the same music, just updated, but I could be wrong. Hmm. I'm looking it up right now and it does look like he did it, it it is still in there there might be some newer stuff in the reignited trilogy, but his stuff is also there as well. I just thought you know, like what what other video game did he work on any other video games? This Stuart Copeland of the police? Get this. This is this is the his video game uh music he did the uh urban strike from in 1994 remember that the helicopter game Mm -hmm. yeah helicopter that was his first video game that he did random he did spyro spyro 2 and spyro 3 so he did the whole trilogy great uh then he did uh alone in the dark the new nightmare in 2001 um spyro entered the dragonfly um and then his music was i guess in guitar here one of the guitar heroes but he didn't do the music for the game and that's it and then the reignited trilogy so he, he's done a lot of music for film and television and stuff but video games he's he is and really Spyro tied to, he's, yeah, yeah he's really he tied Spyro. to Spyro. I, I feel like that's someone on the development team probably knows him or knew yeah, him personally like get involved in that Right. right, it seems like a weird grab. Kind of, you know. Especially, he's yeah. like, man, you know, we need we need music for this new uh, PlayStation game about a dragon. Like, who should we call him? How about the former drummer of the police? <laughs> like, that's and what is it with drummers and like uh, doing doing music? Wasn't who, who am I thinking of? Trent Reznor was he a drummer for uh, Nine Inch Nails? Nine Inch Nails is he the drummer? <laughs> not He's in not nine in nails. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Uh, Obviously not our genre of music. <laughs> it, no, not at all. Um did, did have any of you played the sequels? Specifically the the immediate sequels, the PlayStation ones. I I know Captain Algebra you have SNES, no? No, I have them. Uh like I said I, the on my Vita, I've got the original trilogy on there. But it have not started into them. Yeah. Mrs. Q-Dog? Mm-mm. I I'm, gu- I'm guessing no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, then we're going to lean on you, Captain Algebra. I've never played them either. Uh, this was my first Spyro game ever. Should we check out Ripto's Rage and uh, Year of the Dragon? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean, we kind of talked about how, about how the Spyro, the dragon's kind of on the easier side. Um, and they definitely make two and three harder. They're also more interesting, you know. There is more to it, and just like Spider's Dragons, a collectathon. You know, you got your dragons, you got your eggs, you got your gems. Um, but they they add more interesting ways uh, to get things. So you have to collect orbs in Ripto's Rage. But you have to do these different types of. You like go through these portals and have to do different objectives to get orbs, um, and it just makes it more interesting. And then then Spyro Three. Uh, Year of the Dragon, they just up the ante on that. And uh, we talked about how like 100 120% Inspire the Dragon, you get that really cool final level. Um, the final area in Spyro Year of the Dragon is way better. It's it's very cool. Um, 
So really? I think they're all worth playing, and they're all worth 100%ing. Okay, good to know. I am now. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Melissa. Yeah. Did you play the Reignited two and three as well? And is <laughs> yep. it different, like like the first one? Or yeah, I would I they... would say they're very similar. Um, there's probably slight differences, um, but I haven't played the Reignited trilogy for a few years when it came out. Um, so I can't remember really the big differences. All I know is I was able to get through the Reignited Trilogy and Platinum, all three games, without too much issue. So I think they were all pretty close to the original games. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Well, yeah, I'm definitely interested in checking them out. Uh, I, I, it, it scratched an itch that I want to keep scratching now, you know? Like I said, it was it was a gift to myself. So I really have only ever wanted to play that 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 first one. But yeah, I kind of the game ended and I wanted more, you know, which I guess is that's always a good thing. Uh, a couple other things I want to touch on before we start to wind down on Spyro. Um, the boss fights in this game, they were kind of weird, were they not? They weren't really boss fights, not in the traditional sense, right? No. I mean, you had to hit them each, what, like three or four times maybe, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they were all kind of, I don't know, uh, other than the very first boss, in my opinion, they were all just kind of lackluster. But the first one made me la- literally laugh out loud when you burn his cloak off and it's a sheep on stilts. And I was like, yes. that mm-hmm. that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I'm sad that something silly like that didn't carry through to the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was kind of, and it's it's funny you bring that up because I was thinking that too. I was like, oh, I hope they're all clever like this, and yeah. they weren't, and and they they were almost like chase, uh, right. like mm-hmm. like Ganassi Gnork yeah. at the the very mm-hmm. final boss was kind of like a chase, mm-hmm. rather yeah. than they all did have a, a chase segment element mm-hmm. to them. His yeah. was the worst because there were so many like thin walkways you had to run yep. across right. or uh, like Melissa said, the gliding part, we had to jump the moving platforms, right? But they were all definitely, like you said, chase mm-hmm. sequences. Yeah. They, yeah. they just all felt like another level. They didn't feel like boss fights. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Nail on the head, mm-hmm. which is going back again to the sequels. There are more traditional boss fights in those games. That's good because the, if there was anything that let me down in Spyro it would have been the boss fights. Yeah. A little, little lackluster. Yeah. And then um, Sparks, we haven't talked about Sparks too much, his little dragonfly friend. Complete. I didn't realize until like 75% of the way through the game that that was the health meter. And I thought it was so random, the health in the game up to that point. So you got this little dragonfly buddy, and he changes colors. And you can, when you uh, get to certain areas, he can eat like butterflies or whatever to kind of replenish your health. And so I didn't realize that's what was happening. And so I was like, why, why is it sometimes I get hit four times and then I die. Sometimes I get hit one time and I die two times. Like what, what there's no rhyme or reason to this. Like it doesn't make any sense. You didn't notice the color change. I did, but I didn't. And I'm sure a dragon, I'm sure, I don't know. I'm sure a dragon mentioned it too. Like the dragons are, yeah. you know, telling you all the secrets of the game. I yeah. completely, Am I the am I the only one? You're, you're all looking at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> I I made it uh, into the like peacekeeper, so I made it out of the whole first area before I realized it. Okay. It wasn't until I, I I was getting shot by the guys with cannons that I realized, oh, he just changed color and now he's gone and now I'm dead. <laughs> and that's when I picked up on it. So I mean, I made it 
into a little bit into the game before I it clicked for me. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. No, I mean, I, I, I was the kid that read all the manuals before I played a game. <laughs> and uh, so it told you in that. So maybe, Curtis, next time you want to read a manual before you play you a game. Know what's, you know what's funny is I have the manual, too. <laughs> didn't, didn't. I will say, though, love that idea as the health meter. I thought that was a great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the way you replenish it, that was a neat little, very creative touch mm-hmm. to the game. And also, he was useful. Like, as long as he was there, he would fly within a certain radius you and collect gems. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which, yeah, which made really you annoying. want to keep him. Yes. Right. It was really annoying when he was gone. Yeah. yeah. And then so you have like, to be okay. super accurate with running yeah. into a gem to make you collect it. Yes. Which he was very to me a lot because I didn't realize I was supposed to like feed him <laughs> to like replenish him. So I was like, butterfly, screw those. Let's burn them. You know. <laughs> well, Sparks gets more involved too as the sequels go on. Not mm. so much in two, he can just find your gems in that one. But in three, there's actually spark specific levels that you play as Spark. Huh. Sparks. Yeah. So. Sounds neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last couple of things I wanted to talk about, just challenge-wise, the first one was the collecting of the eggs, which mm-hmm. that was tough, chasing little wizard guys around. But it was weird that they only did it in, like, the first, like, three worlds, and then they kind of abandoned it. Like, once you get to 15, you're done. Like, isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. It was a little strange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, like, I mean, what? I've always thought that was weird. You know, because then you go, you're looking, like you mentioned before, like the menu, your pause yeah. screen, and you can see all your stats. And it's like, oh, the first three level worlds have eggs, and then there's none? Yeah. It just didn't make it's sense. Very you, got them, you got them all. And yeah. you would think, like, as the game went on, as you got further, it would get harder to get the mm-hmm. eggs, or there would be more eggs, or I, anything. And nope. It, I wonder if that was like a, they ran out of time when they were building the game. And they're so like, let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like what we got, but we don't have time to do more. I don't know. It's just really could be. Right. It, no it does seem really abrupt. Yeah. It does. Or um, it was an add-on. Like they finished the game and they're like, oh, we need a little bit more. So they oh, put yeah. it in certain levels be. where they could fit it. That's it's true. That is yes, that's mm-hmm. a good theory. Um, and then of course, perhaps the most difficult thing in the game <laughs> is the treetops level. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost this without is, a doubt. Yeah, this is if you're going collecting everything. This mm-hmm. is the level that's gonna give you a run for your money. I think. In fact, it was the first level that I got so frustrated. I had to look up. I was like, "What do you do? What do you do?" Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yep. That's, I, that's where I gave in and looked it up. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. also the level the the only level where I left. And came back to like you were talking about how you finished a reload before you moved on. Yep. I did that too, and but that one I couldn't get the last dragon, and I, and I tried, and I had like I had like twenty four guys, and I blew through all of them, and I was like I'm done, and I, put it, and I was like I'm done, and I moved on to the rest of the game, and then uh, I think I think I did it before I beat Ganasty. And then I went back and I did it like within five times at that point. But did yeah. you, and did you, you looked it up? Oh yeah. Yeah. I looked it up. Yeah. And isn't it funny too? So what we're talking about, if you haven't played the game, there's, you're collecting gems and this level has this mechanic where you have to run down these ramps really fast and kind of launch yourself off them to get to the next platform. 
And there's some tricks you can do where the further you run, kind of the further you can fly. And so some of the, I guess, combos is you're running and jumping and you want to keep your momentum going so that you can get go around in a circle and get further. Did that make any sense? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But it's not as clear cut where you're supposed to go to keep that momentum going, where you're supposed to keep running. That's right. where the difficult part is. So is it difficult? No. Figuring out what to do, that's the difficult part. Once you know what to do, it's kind of, it's you, I could do it every time. Mm -hmm. But that initial figuring out, like, wait, I'm supposed to, like, turn here? Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, and then I can run around there to keep my momentum. Oh, and that's how I get to that platform. Oh. Yeah, it's definitely not intuitive on mm -hmm. which way to go. Um, so I still remember the first time I played it back in the day. Um, because the Thieves who are running don't reset the only way they reset is if you start the level over so i actually left the level came right back in and i'd already collected everything else so i just specifically followed the thieves hmm. and that was the reason i was able to figure out the path to go oh that's really interesting that's great that you remember that from yeah. from because you know this is like early internet where you mm -hmm. couldn't just find this stuff like uh, most times to figure this stuff out you'd need a magazine Right. You know, yeah, I, yeah. Like I had to figure that one out on my own. I didn't have internet to figure it out back then. Yeah, kids, this is how it used to be <laughs> back in the you didn't have you couldn't just look it up on the internet. Mm -hmm. We'd have like been on the playground music. going, Did you beat this level? Yes! How did you do yeah. it? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I I remember back to crash really quickly. There was one gem I couldn't figure out how to get for the longest time. And I had this magazine, it was a game pro, mm -hmm. and that one gem. They didn't talk about in the magazine. <laughs> they had everything else. And I was like, are you kidding me? They don't have the purple gem. Like, what are you supposed to do? And what it ended up being was you, there was a, a box of like a stack of nitro boxes that you're just supposed to jump on and you won't blow up. It's like a secret, right? But mm -hmm. any other level in the game, if you touch them, you're going to die. Kill so, you. right. Yeah. But this particular one, you can just jump on and it'll like transport you to the next level. And I, it was, yeah, it was the same thing. I was just, going over and over and over again i'm like i know it's in this level what do i do and just trying every single thing and then finally somehow i stumbled upon oh i can jump on these and there it was yeah treetops was the worst one um mm -hmm. there was a level after it i think in it was like a castle level that also had a double super jump so you had to run down jump mm -hmm. hit another one and, and do that run and jump as well but in treetops you jump that first jump, and then on the second one, you have to like quick whip a Yui when you jump yeah. off. Yeah, it, yep. it, it's so unintuitive to figure that out. And yeah, mm -hmm. I I gave up after about half an hour. I was like, you know what? I ain't got time for this nonsense. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Yeah, yeah. Did well, you? Yeah. Did anyone? So, sorry, go ahead, Melissa. I was gonna. You did a Yui, and you went up. You went the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Up. You know, you went up a a a speed run. So you yes. go backwards, yep. and so you're like. Why would I do that? Yeah. You know, very unintuitive. Would, yeah. Mm -hmm. Did anyone, did you struggle with anything else in the game? Like anything that gave you uh, trouble that any can remember? I mean, the biggest things for me was that, that treetops level and chasing the guys around like the circle to get the egg, like mm -hmm. not wanting mm -hmm. to fall in the magic lava or whatever. the water or whatever killed yeah, you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the flight levels were my issue. Oh, right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. 
Um, was there anything that anyone would like to add before we start getting down to the nitty gritty of Spyro? Did I miss anything? Did I forget anything? Did you guys, oh, well, you guys played the PlayStation. Did you guys, do you have skill points in the PlayStation one version? No. Mm -mm. Okay. What's that? (laughs) Well, what is it? What is it? Yeah. Explain. In the reignited, they have skill points in certain levels. It's not in every single level, but it's almost. So, like, um, you know, a couple of the bosses, if you do them perfectly, where you don't get hit by the boss as you're trying to defeat him, you'll get a skill point. And then after you um, do so many skill points, there's like a, a art book that opens up that you can see the artwork of all the dragons and stuff. So it was just kind of like an extra... You know, almost like a trophy, but it's within the game. So it's not like place, you know, not a PlayStation trophy. It's within the game. So it doesn't give you like any physical bonus type thing in the game. You just unlock like art and stuff. No, it's just, you know, like extra, like, oh, you extra mini achievement within the game. Yeah. I still need to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They actually started the the, the, uh, skill points in Ripto's Rage. Um, so in Ripto's Rage and Year of the Dragon, they have them on the PlayStation. And I believe, I can't remember what you get in the third one. It might be the same as the second one. But the second one, you get like an epilogue that you can kind of page through. And it tells you kind of things that happened to some of the characters that you met throughout the game. Oh, that's cool. Well, good for them. They kind of added we, more stuff. In the- we brought it up a couple of times, but since we're getting near, I think, the end here. Um, and other than Melissa, who didn't. Who <laughs> didn't unfortunately finish the game? We've all, I think, you know, Curtis, me, and Algebra have yeah. all said that the nice thing is at the end when you unlock that last level, that's really what you're looking for. <laughs> I mean, we we discuss like, oh, the flying levels, you finally get a fly, but in that last level, you kind of get some open-ended flight areas. Yes, yeah, that's and great. That, that bonus level at the end was probably my favorite level, just because of that. Like yeah. you finally got the freedom just to be like, without a timer, go fly. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and was, that was... No, go ahead. I was just going to say that was great, and then I had no other thoughts after it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, just, it was just cool how, you know, like you said, without the time, like you could actually just stay, like you'd go to glide and you just stayed flying the whole time, mm-hmm. you know, and you could keep going back. Like if you dove down, you could go back up to wherever you jumped off from. Um and I just liked how, as you went through it, you got higher and higher and higher, and then you could just find all the rest of the secrets in the level. Yeah. Now you, Captain Algebra, said that was it the third one? You said the last level, and that's even better. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that makes me want to go play that game right there. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, there's a level that gives you even more freedom. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's harder for sure. Yeah. It's harder, especially if you want 100 percent it. But it just it's a lot more interesting than mm-hmm. uh, the last level in Spyro. And sorry, which one? That was the second or third one? Third one. Third one. Uh, okay. The second one is, it's kind of boring. Is it the skippable game? <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I mean, the game itself is good. It's just the, what you get for 100%ing it mm. isn't really worth it, in my opinion. Yeah. I did feel satisfied when I got the little extra video, the ending, you know, that was, yeah. that was good. I felt like I had earned it, you know. I hate when it's just... You know, like I, I always feel like the Crash Bandicoot games barely do anything. They give you like mm-hmm. a tiny video. This one was at least like uh, maybe like a minute long or something. I don't know, whatever it was. It felt like, okay, I'll take that. That's good. You know, mm-hmm. I have a question again, Captain Algebra. 
um, because you've played through the entirety of both. Mm-hmm. So one of the, one of the things I really enjoyed about Spyro, at least from the original PlayStation version, is he just poured out that '90s attitude, man. Like, I don't need you. Mm-hmm. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. <laughs> you know, go off. Did they hold that through, or did they like tone that down? Because <laughs> uh, I mean, it made me crack up in this game. It was very. Yeah. It took a lot after Sonic the Hedgehog. I thought. Yeah, no, I think he always kind of has that attitude throughout the the trilogy. It gets toned down a little bit. Um, it's because he kind of wisens up a little bit and realizes it's not going to be as easy as he thought it was going to be. Uh, but yeah, he still always has a little attitude. Okay, as so, like one of my favorite points was early on, you you free a dragon, and he's like, "Let me tell you this, Spyro's like, I don't need to." Hear this. <laughs> so just runs off, and you're like, "Wait." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, there's some pretty good humor in the game. Um, yeah, I, you know, I with, thought with, I'd actually hit a button and skipped it. <laughs> and yeah. It's just part of it. Right. One of the things I did want to mention, one of the funniest things, I don't know if you guys figured it out at all, but in Peace Peacekeepers, in that second hub world, uh, you have those guys who will run into the tents and hide yeah. from you. And if you burn the tents while they're in there, sometimes they'll turn around and moon you. Yep, I saw that. <laughs> what? I didn't see <laughs> yeah, that. It's, it's hilarious. You burn the tents out, and they're like mm-hmm. turn around with their pants down, and you're just like, yeah. "Oh, good god!" <laughs> yeah, some will be afraid of you and like be shaking, but other ones, yeah, they'll like stick their tongue out you and then turn around and moon. I miss that stuff. That's why. Yeah. See, that's why '90s games were so great because they had that tune. <laughs> you know, I miss that so much. Yeah. That snarky '90sness. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think we've pretty much said all we can say about Spyro. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think but as we it. know, as we know, the Cartridge Club isn't just about the four people or five, however many people that are on the podcast. It's about the whole club. And so one thing we like to do is reach out to the club and uh, ask them to give a little three-word review if they've been playing along um, this month. And they certainly did. And I'm going to get them right now. Where are they? Okay. Some great, good, good creative stuff, by the way. <laughs> Let's go through these. So JJS Boyce says, my 3D inauguration. And does that mean that was the first uh, 3D game that they played? Probably. Yeah. Sounds yeah, like it. Was there. You know, if you were on PlayStation, you'd have a 64 or something. I could see that happening. For great sure. One. Round, round two gaming. Uh, Dean says, reignited my nostalgia. Very clever, bum, right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gamer.io said, super, comma, nostalgic fun. And he said he's a newcomer who joined in the fun this month. So welcome to the Cartridge Club, Gamer.io, and thanks for playing along. Uh, Frantic said, the coolest sunglasses, which is a bit of a spoiler, as that's uh, what you see in the 120% ending. Uh, RPG tour guide said series deserving reigniting. I agree. You know, Crash Bandicoot got the the Crash Bandicoot four. It's about time. Where's this new Spyro? You know, where it's uh, 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 even though there's been sequels to Spyro, you know that the original team kind of left after the third one, and then it much like Crash, kind of uh, different people took over. So I, I'm with you there, RPG tour guide. Uh, MC Bone says. Super comfy collectathon. I think that hits the nail mm-hmm. on the head. Agree. Yeah. Then finally, Miss Leah says platforming nostalgia 
for the win. She put uh, FTW, by the way, so she didn't go over her three-word <laughs> review. So it was platforming nostalgia FTW. <laughs> Very good. Clever use. Uh, there we go. So that was some three-word reviews. Do you guys have some three-word reviews that you would uh, grace us with? I'll go. I guess I'll, I'll go first. I'll get the ball rolling. Um, I'm going to say childhood hole filled. As I was saying it, I realized that came, that childhood gap filled. There we go. It was it was something that was, uh, you know, long time coming. I finally got to play it. That's what I meant by that. That's what I meant by that. There's a cut. <laughs> uh, who wants to go next? Sness, you got a three word review for us? Uh, I, I think my original reply was holds up well. But I would also yep. just say, like, play the original it because it holds up well. Like, for a 20-plus-year-old game, it I played the original version, and it was still very satisfying. I think the graphics held up well, the music and sound were good, and it's, it's just as playable today as it was then. Yeah. And not every game can do that. That was great. Two, two, you, you gave us two three-word reviews. Play the original holds up well. Great. Captain Algebra? I would just uh, I'd go with a nostalgia trip. Oh, whew. okay. I heard something different at first. <laughs> Did we all hear something different there. <laughs> Did I not enunciate enough? <laughs> a nostalgia, nostalgia trip. Very good. Yes. And finally, finishing us strong, Mrs. Q Dog. Oh, no. What do you got? No, it's not. The it's best. Not we'll save the best for last. Pressure. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say frustrating but fun. <laughs> All right. So I still had fun. I can dig it. I can dig it. Well, if you thought that it was gonna get difficult with the three word reviews getting put on a spot, oh no. As you all know, when Curtis hosts a cartridge club, he always brings along with him the three questions of doom. <laughs> So here we go. I'm going to kind of round table this. You don't, we don't need to go one by one and, and get your answer here. Cause I think it's going to be pretty obvious when I ask them, but question number one, is this game worth playing? Yes. yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Easy, easy. 120%. Okay. That was a, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> but that was a softball question. Let's, let's heat it up a little bit. See what I did there. Should this game be in your collection mm. yes yes yeah. yeah especially with the availability yes mm -hmm. agreed agreed uh, yeah i think so i'm i'm mm -hmm. i'm gonna keep it in the collection mm -hmm. i'm not gonna purge it the big one question number three out of five five being the best how would you rate this game do you allow halves i forgot I forget. Very funny, Melissa. I, I don't think you have forgotten. As we all know, I do not allow halves. You go right down the line. One, two, three, four, five. That's all you get. I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four. I don't think it's a five, but it's it was a very enjoyable experience for my first outing. Yeah. I'm gonna go five. You guys you know how much I love it. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say four. I four. can't give it a five. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go, oh man, I'm going to go four. 
I almost gave it a three, but I'm going to go four. Ooh. Why Just, did you almost give it a three? I almost gave it a three because I felt like there wasn't enough meat on the bone. I wasn't uh, challenged enough. Mm. But in the end, like SNES's life said, this is – you got to think of who this game was geared towards, and it was for kids. And I think what they set out to do, they accomplished. Um, it's not a perfect game, but it's above average, and so it gets a four. There we go. That actually wasn't too bad. Probably the easiest three questions of Doom ever in all of Cartridge Club history. Yeah, Very good. I want to reword those questions of Doom. I don't you, know about that. You handled that so well. Not a single bead of sweat on any of you. Wow. Questions of mediocrity. Look at that. All right. All right. We're not reviewing the questions of Doom. Okay. They're, they're set in stone. Uh, so that's all we got to say about Spyro. But what is coming up in the cartridge club i'm sure you're all wondering and i don't to be honest i know the first game we've we've announced but melissa have the other two games been announced yet or is, is this like a they have they have not been announced so oh, gosh, we this is are a club we are exclusive. announcing it to the world a lot of pressure there curtis a lot of pressure <laughs> this is a lot of pressure there's a lot you know what i'm not even gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna uh, bear this burden on my shoulders i'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna point to one of you, and that's we're gonna go right in in order of the months. Okay, so announcing December's game is gonna be. It is Final Fantasy Seven, the Ooh. big 100th episode. Final Fantasy Seven. You can either play the original or the remakes that have come out. I can't believe the cartridge club has not played final fantasy seven. When I saw that was coming up, it blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. It's been, it's been on, I think a lot of people's want list for the cartridge club. So we think 100th episode, it's going to be a good one. That's a good one. Fitting of the 100th episode for sure. Very. Mm -hmm. uh, and then <laughs> starting 2022, the very first game of the new year is going to be, Me, that's Revenge of Shinobi. That's kind of rude making the SNES guy announce a Sega game. <laughs> I wanted to but, see it come out of your mouth. But you know, look, I will say the Shinobi series is a great series of games, though. Like they are super fun. See, there you go. That's why I chose you because you know you can be a SNES fan and a Genesis fan. You know, there's there's room for both. It's not it's not an either or thing. Right, you know? The console wars are over. They are. Wars are over, you know. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work, people. I've never actually played. I don't think a single Shinobi game. They, they right. are over, but you know, Nintendo one. <laughs> now is Revengeance Shinobi? That's funny. Is Revengeance Shinobi the one that has the uh, like Spider-Man and Terminator and yes. that one? Depending. Yes. Okay, that's really cool. And depending on like what, there's so many different versions of the game mm -hmm. you don't know which bosses you're going to get until you play it right mm -hmm. right that's really cool that'll be a fun good choice whoever whoever picked that well done good good cartridge game <laughs> to start off the cartridge club in 2022. <laughs> and then of course captain algebra what's coming up in february that would be portal 2 that's a good one that that's a good, a good one. one i think a lot of think... people are excited for that do you think they chose that because February, Valentine's Day, there's those like heart cubes? Oh, uh, the Is companion that the cubes. I don't know. Right? It could be. I don't know. 
That game's amazing, though. So Whoever good. wrote the dialogue for that game really earned mm-hmm. their money, in my opinion. And Stephen Merchant and J.K. Simmons, their uh, voice work in that is nothing short of stellar. Really funny. It is great. So three solid games coming up uh, in the Cartridge Club. Really fun. Join along if you can. If you can't, you don't have to. That's the way the Cartridge Club works. You know, you don't, you don't have to. That's 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 it. You know. Um, but we thank everyone for listening along, playing along, and SNES's life, Captain Algebra, Mrs. Q Dog. Thank you all so much for joining along this month to talk Spiral with me. It has been a blast. Mm-hmm. A lot of thank fun. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Absolutely. And we will catch you guys next month for the 100th episode of uh, Cartridge Club playing Final Fantasy VII. And until then, CC Unite.